Hello and welcome to the Dash Podcast. I'm your host, Trey Gamage, and joining me today all the way from Limpopo, South Africa, is Tabiso Matipa. And I'm really excited to talk with him. You've already heard from our friends in South Africa, Linford Malaudi and Nasifi Yeko. And so we're excited to continue this trend and talking to Tabiso. He's an educator, and we're excited to learn more about what they're doing in South Africa. And before we get started, I want you to go to TreyGamers.com right now and subscribe to the Dash Podcast, because every week we feature educators who are solving problems for school communities. And while you're there, go ahead and check out our new course, Getting Unstuck, four-step action plan to your best you. It's a communication action plan. It's gonna help you build stronger relationships, find out what's keeping you motivated, and ease the tension in your uh, day-to-day life. So without further ado, be so. how are you today, sir? I'm doing well. Thanks. And how are you, Trey Gramage? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. It's been a pleasure to uh, work with you. I know we've been trying to make this happen for some time, uh, but we finally got it. So what's going on with you out there in Limpopo, man? And and what are you teaching? Um, In Limpopo, I'm teaching at uh, a school called Florapa Comprehensive High School. And it's a school in the city. Okay. It's in Polokwane. And it has about 1,300 learners. And I teach mathematics and physical sciences, uh, FET band. Currently this year, in grade 12, I teach physics and I teach mathematics in grade 11. Mm. And I also have some chemistry in grade 11 and physics in grade 10. So uh, those are my my majors. That's a a lot of uh, different classes that you're teaching. Yes. You know, uh, what happens in my school is that because the numbers are, are, are many, we share papers. For example, there's physics, there's chemistry, paper one, paper two. The other one will do one, the mm-hmm. other one will do two. So when, when, you, when you explain to somebody, it would be as if the classes are many, only to find that it's because there is some sharing okay. of, 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 of the papers, yes. Gotcha, gotcha. That makes sense. I know like over here, Typically, what we try to, so there, it depends on where you're at. So I work with the school that um, we don't have a big enough school or a big enough budget okay. to hire all the teachers we need for the high school classes. Yeah. So they have to take yeah. some courses online. Um, and and we, we share, you know, fourth grade and fifth grade, same, they have the same teacher or swap classes and stuff like that. But, but it works. You know, you got to get your education. Right. In 1300, that's a lot of students. Mm. Yeah, yeah. What was it? Um, how long have you been teaching? This is my sixth year because I started January 2015. Okay. And when I started, I, I started at a very rural school. We were only 12 teachers. And hmm. I, 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 the, when I was employed there, there was no physical sciences in the school. Wow. And I was requested to be a pioneer. Hmm. And that's it. And I initiated it. I started it from grade 10 from scratch. It wasn't there. Wow. And moved up with it, grade 11, then grade 12. Then my first result, I got 100% passed. Second result, 100% passed because I was doing it out of love. I love it so much. Then mm. uh, after three years of being there, I got an opportunity to come to town. Then I left the school. But it wasn't so much nice to leave. But I had to anyway. 
So you liked it. You liked it better when you were in the rural school. I think because there, the environment is just so disadvantaged, mm. and the learners were very few. You find that in a class maximum you can have twenty, twenty learners, and you get to relate with each and every one of them Got as you. individuals, and they see you as their hope as sort of their anchor. So mm. I, I, I related so, so well with the community that site more than I am relating with this ones in town. Yeah. How many students do you have now? Uh, I think my biggest class this year has about 48 learners. 48? Yes. In 48. one class? In one class. Wow. So, so you must have some excellent classroom management skills then, huh? Of course I do. Uh, that one, I, I cannot tell you a lie. I'm <laughs> able to manage them all and grab all their attention. So, so that's interesting. I'm, I'm very interested in, um, in classroom management and like social and emotional learning or restorative practices. Are you, are you familiar and do you use these practices in your classroom as well? You know, uh, what I do, I, I, I always make sure that I do proper sitting arrangements for my learners because I've mastered all of them. I know those that could be a bit troublesome. I put them normally at the front mm. and I assign them responsibilities. Yeah. You do this, you do that. You're the class rep, okay. class manager. And have, having done that, I, I make sure that uh, they are seated in a way that they will not distract each other. And one thing that I do in my class to engage them, I, all, I always come up with songs or games to can love it, can enjoy. Mm. Yes. That, I like that. Um, so the songs help you build the connection. Is that is that one of your newer strategies to build the relationship? So when you had when you had 20 kids in class, I assume it's a lot easier you to learn um, who those kids are and, and kind of interact with them. How are you making sure that you're building like the same quality of relationships with some of the students that you're working with now with 48 in one class, but you're teaching like five classes? Yeah, it, 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 it's a difficult one, especially at the beginning of the year, because you would have not yet known them. Some would be new. So, so it, it takes time. You, you get to understand them and learn them. So mm. that you 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 get to know how to relate to them. But then one thing that works for me is that with the beginning of every new class, we talk, we set down ground rules together. I don't impose anything to them. I allow them to have mm. a dialogue with me. Let them tell me what they want, and I tell them what I want. And then having done that, we have a solid common ground. Yeah, and then we start moving along those lines, and it's very interesting that having done that, if one of them messes up, before I can even try and reprimand, the classmates would do that for me because mm. they'd be saying, "But we agreed that we are not going to do this," yeah. and then it, it it works very much simpler. That's so good. That's so good. So in in your school with so many people, do you guys have like is there school wide rules, and then you get to set your own classroom rules as well? Yeah. Yes, there are school principles, 
uh, we call them the Ten Commandments of Florapa Comprehensive High School. Mm. And then below that, each and every teacher has to design their own classroom rules. Okay. Because different subjects will require different personalities, different uh, strategies, different behavior. So it's, it's the responsibility of the teacher to come up with those rules. Okay. Well, g give me a couple examples of, of some of your rules, kind of, and how they, how they help aid your education process and teaching your kids. Okay. One of the rules in my class is that we all must be disciplined. Mm. We should all be committed in our schoolwork. Everyone must be in their proper school uniform. We use English as the medium of instruction in the class. I know, you know what happens. In my school, we've got three tribes. The pedis, the tsongas, the vendors. So to have a, a common ground, we make use of English. Ah. And I also encourage them to say, you need to be global citizens. Mm. You are not going to go to a different province and want to speak in your Venec. You must make sure you master the language. And even if you don't have confidence in it, try it. Break it in class. Allow them to laugh. It's okay. But mm. you'll be learning from there. Yeah. I, I, I then one other... Okay. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Okay. One other thing, uh, I always tell them that let's love and embrace each other. Mm. I, I tell them that in, in Atlas, there's a note which I wrote, love lives here. We love each other. We embrace each other. No need for bullying, swearing. We don't mm -hmm. steal. We don't insult. We just want big family. Yeah. Yeah. Now, that, yeah. That's, that's special. I mean, I think, one, your point about creating global citizens, that's, that's what we talk about here. Like, in South Carolina, we have, um, it's called the Profile of a South Carolina graduate. And one of the main objectives is for our students to be global citizens as well. So mm. it, it's cool to hear that it's the same across all the waters and, and all the places of the globe. In South Africa, you're doing the same thing. And, and that's interesting yeah. too, though. So you have, you have three tribes um, in... Of, of, of the, yes, in, in the Limpopo province. Then we've got three main tribes speaking in, three main languages. Wow. Okay, so so that so and that's probably I'd assume that'd be the same across provinces. Each province kind of has their own language, or each tribe. Has yes, their own uh, uh, the the provinces yes do have their own key. I would say key language. Like okay. for example, you come to Limpopo, uh, we've got a larger group of people who are speaking Sepedi. That's mm -hmm. the language I'm speaking. Then there's Venda, there's Tsonga. You go to KwaZulu Natal. They speak Zulu more. There will be other smaller pieces of groups yeah. who speak different other languages. But you bring it together through English is how you're able to connect with everybody. How early do kids start learning English? Or is that just kind of what you do? Do you teach it like in class? Or is it just so common that people pick it up on their own? No, no. There is a subject called English mm -hmm. where we, we taught how to speak, how to control construct sentences it starts as early as in the lower grades uh, you your first grade grade r uh they get to be taught english mm -hmm. and they come up with it up until grade 12 when they'll be exiting 
So it, it, they start with learning the language at an early stage. Yeah, yeah. So I, that it's not a problem when you meet them in different subjects. Mm -hmm. And that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Um, and just kind of making English a common language. Though, for me, in, in America, I feel ignorant a lot of times because I don't speak anything else um, besides English. Oh. So it it's almost feels like I'm at a, a back, you know, I'm kind of behind the times. Um, but we're, yeah. we're blessed that that most people do um, speak English or learn how to speak English at some point. Understand. What was it for you? What was your journey through education like when you were coming up in in grade school and college? What was your what was your journey like? Um, my journey was it was a bit smoother, I must say, because I'm one person who loves education so much. From my very early age, my parents would even tell me that I would I, I used to show characteristics of somebody who loves school, loves books, loves everything. Mm -hmm. my, my primary was smooth. I've always been number one uh, okay. in performance. Yeah. Yes. And I moved to high school and the same continued. Mm. I loved and I've always loved teaching funny enough. In in my classes, whenever there wasn't a teacher, I would stand up and take my colleagues through that very lesson and subject. And I've always been enthusiastic yeah. in, 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 in my, my, my endeavors. And I passed my metric with flying colors, distinctions, and I went to college, University of Limpopo, and I studied for my bachelor's degree in education, and I also did well. I've had good lecturers, I've, I had good teachers. I think this is one of the reasons why I'm also here because I drew inspiration from some of the best people in town who mm. taught me, mm. yeah. That's cool, I mean, you see a lot of times, I know they just uh, released this Michael Jordan documentary um, last mm. night about his last championship run. But, and they say a lot of times that people who are like naturally smart and really gifted have a hard time being a teacher or teaching somebody else that. But it doesn't sound like that's the case with you. Like you are someone who loves to learn and you're also someone who loves to teach people how to learn. True, true. Did you ever think about doing anything else besides being a teacher or an educator? Yes. Really? I, I, I wanted to do medicine. Okay. But I think it was, I, I, I take teaching as a calling for me. Yeah. Because having tried to apply at the medical school, you know, I had good symbols, I had good scores, everything that they needed I had. But for some reasons, they didn't want to in admit me. Mm. And I felt convicted that, you know what, you are actually getting misplaced. You know exactly where you should go. So it's better that you hit the call of God upon your life and go and do that teaching. And here I am today and I'm very happy. Yeah, for sure. What, what yeah. are some of the goals? Like, what are the biggest obstacles that you're facing as a teacher right now? And how do you feel like you're playing a part in uh, overcoming that obstacle? Uh, there's challenges that we're still facing here. It's there are many. Uh, one of them would be unavailability of resources, wherein a teacher has to improvise most of the time 
let's say you want to integrate ICT, sometimes you have to bring your own gadget, you have to bring your own data, you have to bring your own everything. Mm. And when it comes to science experiments, you find that you have to do simulations. There's no availability of resources. And also one of the challenges that I feel the entire department faces is that we, I feel the department is not doing enough in good teacher recruitment. Mm. You find that we have people who just come to teaching as sort of an easy way out. Wow. And they don't give it their best. They don't teach with passion. They don't teach these learners with love. And when this person will be passing learners to you, you feel that the learners are empty. Mm. It's like they haven't been taught. And this is worrisome. To me, it's very much worrisome because I feel we've got colleagues who are just killing our education because yeah. of lack of passion mm -hmm. in their hearts. That's sad. That's sad. Too and, much. You know, and I mean, I, I think it's the same here too, to be so. I mean, we've got, we've got teachers. Well, I, I, let, me, let me frame it first as well, because I think a lot of times in America, teachers are held to the highest of highest standards. We've got to get the test scores right. We've got to teach all these standards. We've got coaches that are helping us meet these things. Yet at the same time, we're paid pennies on the dollar. We're working 10 hours a day. We, you know, we, yeah, we got the summers off, but you're, you're having to manage 20 people at a time. And teachers don't always get the respect that we need in America. Mm. And I think some of that has to do with why the quality is not there. People don't want to teach. You know, there's a, there's a shortage. We're like 60,000 teachers short in South Carolina. Yeah. And so there's a national shortage of teachers and people that want to teach because we're not paid. We got too much standards. Yeah. You know, we, we're not treated very fairly. Would you mm. say it's the same for you guys um, in the football? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. To some extent, it's the, it's the same. Although, um, then the Department of Education had come up with um, a program called Postgraduate Certificate in Education. How this works is this way. You, you have somebody who has done a different program, which is non-teaching degree. Mm. And because let's say the BSc, BCom, BA, and they're struggling to find employment, then they can enroll for this certificate called PGCE for just a year. Okay. And having, having achieved that certificate together with their qualification, then they are made to be teachers. Okay. They will be regulated by the SAIS and they will start to work because mm -hmm. It, this was initiated due to the shortage of teachers in the province. We've got, actually in the country, we've got a lot of teachers, good ones, who are exiting the system through pensions. They are going on retirement. Some are going to other sectors. Some are resigning. So you find that the input is not equal to the output. And then they brought this special program. And to some extent, it's working. But yeah. to some extent, it's still not doing justice. Yeah, no, that makes sense. I know mm -hmm. I've seen um, in certain cases, so I, we have charter schools, we've got public schools, you've got private schools. And the cool yeah. thing I've been seeing about like private and charter schools, sometimes your best teachers aren't even certified. It's the teachers who, who want to teach, who are passionate about teaching, who care about the yeah. and building those relationships. Um, yes. and in, in your experience, 
in your six years to be so, what have been some of the greatest highlights and successes that you've seen so far as an educator? Wow. Uh, having to see the learners that I taught doing what they do best, having achieved and being independent, especially from the rural schools that I was working at. I've got learners who are now university products, graduates, and some are in their final year, and some are doing quite well. Some have found their purposes. I'm very much happy because I've contributed to that. Okay. And, and, and some of them are in my first groups of the people who did physical sciences. Remember, mm -hmm. it wasn't there. So some of them are my, my very, very first products. So I'm happy that they are scattered. Some are doing that, 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 but they are all doing well. And I've also been an award-winning teacher. Uh, I've won the National Teaching Awards. I've won uh, in, in my province. Even now, I'm still holding the title of the best fiscal census teacher in the province. Mm. Even nationally, I've been in the top three. So in my second and district, I'm even the chairperson of the subject at school. I'm heading fiscal sciences. So I've had a, a, a number of accolades. Yeah, absolutely. Well, congratulations. I, I'm, I'm in the presence of greatness. I did see um, <laughs> your trophy on your Facebook profile, but wasn't sure what it was for. So Mr. National Teacher of the Year, that is awesome <laughs> and amazing. That's cool. That's really Thank cool. Thank you so much. Thank yes, you. sir. And, and so you've got the leadership roles and capacities. I just think it's interesting how similar um, our education systems are, you know, being halfway yeah. across the world or whatever. You know, we've got teacher leaders and, and folks like yourself that are continuing to, to grow and, and just be the best learners that you can be. What are what would you say is your what is your purpose or your ultimate goal? Or yeah. What are you striving for in your career as an educator? I want to be the minister. Okay. Oh, yes. yeah. Yeah, I like that. <laughs> One of the good days, I want to see myself as the minister okay. of education. And I feel I would be much relevant because I know how it means and how it is to be in a class. Mm. I've taught the rural, I've taught the urban. I know the dynamics of both. So when I'm there, I will be saying things that I'm having an experience of. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And so like a minister of education, is that a national position or a pro yes. provincial? That's national. So you'd be the, the top dog in the country. Yes. Look, I, I see it. It's already done. When you say it, it's reality. You, you know, you got yes. it. You got it. Yes, <laughs> yes sir. Yes, yes. I love Thank it, man. Yes. Well, look, let me, let me ask you this to be so. Is there anything else that we haven't talked about today that you want to share with the people listening? Um, okay, I would say what, what it means to be a teacher for me. Um, I personally feel that a teacher is a midwife. Mm. With, with, with every learner that comes to your disposal, you need to understand that you, we've been appointed to help them realize and recognize what they have their purposes, their destiny, and we need to assist them also in giving birth to that. And we should, we should embrace them with love, we should embrace them with care, and make sure they don't miscarry 
that which God has invested in them. Mm. And most importantly, we need to be exemplary. A teacher should be a special person who practices what they preach. Mm. Be good at what you do, starting with how you present yourself to the learners and show them that it's possible, give them hope, inspire greatness in them and and give them the best education ever and and if you don't know something be frank and fair to say you know what this one i'm not so sure i'll go make some research and i'll come back and tell you how my findings are mm. because most of the time we 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 tend to be too proud to tell learners that we we know everything of which is not true always so we need to understand that we are there to assist them to grow and reach their goals and help them be the best. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I love that so much, Biso, because you, you know, we're not spending too much time talking about the pedagogy or the content that we're giving to learners. We're talking about how to make them the best person that they can be, how to tackle and retrieve their genes the same way that you did. And I know there was someone that told me when you see somebody living their dream the way you are, the people either want to be a part of that dream and join you, or they're going to find a way to start living their own dream. So I absolutely sure. thank you for your time today, sir. You're, you're a joy to be around. I can feel your energy uh, through the screen, man. And, and I can't wait to, to say that I yeah. had a conversation in an interview with the Minister of Education of South Africa. Yay! <laughs> where, can, where can the people go to find you on uh, social media? My name is Tabiso Matipa on Facebook. I think this is the platform which I'm more active on. Uh, I also have a Twitter page and a, a, an Instagram, but there I'm not so much active. I think Facebook is the best. Okay. Tabiso Matipa, that's it. All right, all right. Well, you heard it here first, folks. I'm, I'm so grateful to get the chance to talk with a National Teacher of the Year, the future Minister of Education of South Africa, a man who teaches many subjects, has a heart for kids, and is growing and growing in every area of his school. So if you like this episode, share it with one of your friends who needs to hear it. There's not much of a difference in how we're building our educators between South Africa, South Carolina, and across the world. So we yeah. appreciate you. We thank you and um, go to TreyGamers.com so you can subscribe and listen to every new episode that we have weekly and also check out our new course, Getting Unstuck, a four-step action plan to your best you. Thank you so much for joining us and we will see you next time. This is The Dad.